Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. This is not a bad football team by any stretch of the imagination, so it's actually a very good landing spot for Derek Carr. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a surprise teaching tutorial Tuesday. We've got Greg Cosell in the house, just got back from the combine, chock full of more information from talking with coaches and execs at the combine. Obviously, Greg was fantastic on Thursday, talking with Greg a little bit earlier this week because he just got back from the combine, and I may or may not be doing a weekend boys trip later on in the week, so it's better to talk with Greg now, a little skiing out west. If you see your boy at Vail, let me know. Shout outs. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings. We will have a spread the word winner on Thursday. Here's only two things we're looking for this week. Subscribe to the YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, or subscribe to the Facebook, facebook.com. No, Ross Tucker Pod on Facebook. So the only two things, spread the word winner. Do one or the other, or do both. And you know what you can do? You can do both and email me. That makes it so much easier for me, and that's how I pick a lot of times. You, you subscribe to both or whatever, follow both, email me, ross at rosstucker.com. We all like to save time. That's a time saver for me. Sponsor confirmation email winner could be Raycon Earbuds, could be ExpressVPN, could just be you sending me a picture of you drinking a Labatt Blue Light. It really is that easy. And then the YouTube shout out just did a video for Matthew Mullen for his dad that I'm that I know he loved. Love doing these videos for you guys. It's a personalized video. People actually pay for these things over at Cameo. You get them for free just by going to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, hitting the thumbs up button for free, and then replying to any video saying, Ross, I'm here for that shout out, bro. Anyway. Lots to get to today. It was a busy, busy Monday. We had the show yesterday with Andy Phillips, which was very well received. And yet we're already back at it on Tuesday morning with a lot of stuff to get to. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right. You need to check this man out on social media at Greg Cosell. He is fantastic. His information comes from watching video or from talking with coaches. Period. 
That's how it gets done. And Greg, we'll get to some of the wide receiver prospects a little bit later, but there are some vets in the news that I wanted to get your take on. I guess I'll start with Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints. I think I'm a little bit surprised, Greg, that it doesn't sound like there was more interest in him. Uh, But he did get a nice contract, and I think he immediately becomes probably the best quarterback in that division. And, you know, as someone you would call a professional quarterback, I just don't really believe that the drop-off from 21 to last year is all on him. No, I mean, and and that's the best way to describe him. And, you know, keep a couple things in mind. They have some talent. You know, I guess we don't know about Michael Thomas, who spent the last number of years being injured. Um, And maybe he's back, maybe he's not. But obviously, they have Chris Olave, who had a really good rookie season. Jarvis Landry, when healthy, is a very good receiver. They still have Alvin Kamara. Um, They're not bad at the tight end position. They've got a solid O-line. This is not a bad offensive team if you look at their personnel. And I think Derek Carr probably considered that. Um, We have no idea who was interested in him, who was not, what the numbers were. We just know that he signed there. But... You know, he's a very professional quarterback. Keep in mind, he played last year on a team whose defense was not very good at all, and that puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback. This is a team, actually, that has a good defense as well. The Saints defense under Dennis Allen, he's the head coach now, but obviously he still runs the defense. It's a very, very good defense. This is kind of a relatively complete team, uh, Ross, this is not a bad football team by any stretch of the imagination. So it's actually a very good landing spot for Derek Carr. I I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, well, I'll get into it a little bit later, but I think right now they're more or less the favorite now um, in the NFC South, although a lot is still unsettled about the quarterback position in that division. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I, I mean, the Bucks, the Falcons – the Panthers, yep. we'll see. I mean, they, yep. none of them might have their starting quarterback right now, although I kind of think Ritter will start for the Falcons. I guess we'll have to see. What about, Greg, the Geno Smith story? I guess I got a lot of questions there. Number one is, can you think of anybody else that this has ever happened to where the guy didn't play forever and then came out and played so well? How does this happen? You know, what what – what did everybody else miss? Was it just opportunity? Just your thoughts on Geno Smith and what you saw from him last year, whether or not he can sustain that. Yeah, and, I, you know, look, I think when Geno Smith came out, I remember that draft specifically talking to a number of agents. That draft was in New York. I happened to have been there. And uh, Geno Smith was thought to be a first-round pick, and obviously that did not happen. He went in the second round, I believe, pick 39. And obviously his – you know, not had the career that he certainly hoped. Um, Geno Smith always had very good throwing ability. Back then, there was, oh, 10 years ago, I guess it was, there was still a sense that if you came out of that style of offense, which was very air raid based, that the transition to the league would be very, very difficult. He started early in his career, was was erratic, was inconsistent, up and down, but then did not get any more of an opportunity. What we don't know, Ross, is if he was if he was continued to be given an opportunity early in his career, could this have happened, you know, year three, year four, year five? Um, he's now a more mature quarterback. He's seen a lot. Um, he's probably uh, 
more refined, more advanced, just in a number of things that go along with the position. He could always throw the ball really well. I thought they did a really good job with him a year ago. This was a team that was heavy with multiple tight end personnel, 12 personnel, 13 personnel. That really helped him in the way they structured their offense and defined the reads for him. So it was a really good mix in marriage, and Gino played very well. I don't think there's any reason to believe that he will drop significantly. Um, numbers are numbers. Could the numbers not be exactly the same? Sure. They could be better, too. You never know. Uh, but I would not expect a significant drop-off in Geno Smith's play. couple other guys I just wanted to ask you on quickly. I don't know how much L.A. Rams football you even got a chance to watch last year, Greg, because they weren't really in the mix right. very much. They are um, they're giving Allen Robinson the ability to seek out a trade. This is a guy that had some really good years in Jacksonville, had a really good year in Chicago, and the Rams thought enough of him last offseason. Yep. Give him a really good contract. There's a perception out there that he's done, that he's washed, all those things. Um, what did you see from him last year, if anything, and what has he been throughout his career? Yeah, to be honest, I kind of stopped watching the Rams offense when uh, Matthew Stafford went down because they were not really in the uh, in the mix. I ended up seeing a lot more of their defense just because of who they were playing against, uh, but I did not see a ton of their offense. Uh, you know, I think when they signed Robinson, they thought he'd be a really important piece in an offense that, hey, they were coming off a Super Bowl year. He'd be an added piece. They had Cooper Cup. They had Van Jefferson coming back. Um, you know, they'd be a, uh, they, they have a good tight end in Higby, that he could be a nice piece of their offense, in a sense, replacing Robert Woods, kind of that intermediate receiver, tough, physical, um, work the middle of the field. For whatever reason, it didn't quite work. Now, when receivers are not getting the ball and he was not getting targeted, as you know, early in the season, um, it's hard for me to know if they've lost it or not lost it. He was not going to be a vertical dimension anyway, so it wasn't really a speed issue. Um, but for whatever reason, he was not targeted very much early in the season, and I really don't know why that was the case. What about um, down in Jacksonville? Yeah. Evan Ingram um, that was given the franchise tag. That's another one, Greg. It's like you always saw the ability, never quite put it together until last year, and you always wonder, like, could he have done that with the Giants? Is it coaching? Is it how they were using him? Did he just improve? Yeah. Was it a confidence thing? It's tough to kind of put your finger on it sometimes. Yeah, and, and he's always had talent, Ross. You may recall when he came out, he ran, I believe, a four four two at the Combine. Had great straight-line speed, a linear-type receiver. Um, found a niche in Jacksonville in a well-conceived passing game. You know, with Doug Peterson, we know that tight ends are always a factor in the passing game going back to Philly with what Zach Ertz did. So he put together his best year ever. Talent was never the issue. Um, and obviously they tagged him. They want him there. And now with Calvin Ridley being reinstated, they've got a lot of quality receivers because Ridley is a very, very good receiver. Well, I'm glad you brought up his name because he didn't play at all last year. So that was going to be my last veteran question before we get to these draft prospects is just – can you refresh our memory, Greg, on, sure. on Calvin Ridley? 
Yeah, I, I Calvin Ridley is a really, really good route runner. I mean, he's one of those guys when you put on the tape, he knows how to use his vertical stem. He's really good at the top of his route stem. He's a separation generator. Um, just can, can get open. And he's got he's not a true vertical dimension, but because of his route running ability, he can get over the top at times. But he's really just one of the better route runners. So we're speaking about Ridley at his best. That's all we can do is is what the tape showed. We don't know what he'll be after a year off. But if he's the same Calvin Ridley, you're dealing with a guy that is really good. He understands how to attack off-coverage corners. He understands how to get them to turn. He understands how to get them off their spot. He's really good at the top of his route stem. I mean, really, to, that's, to be a great receiver – that's one of the things that's critically important. It's releases, and it's what you do at the top of your route stem. And Ridley is very, very good at both. So, Greg, there are people listening that love football, and they've been and they've been watching their whole lives and listening to this show for years. They don't know what a route stem is. They don't know what the top of the stem is. Can you explain? Yeah, I mean, obviously – um, when you run a route, let's say against an off coverage corner, in other words, a corner that is not pressing you, he might be six, seven, eight yards off you. When you get to the point where you have to break, okay, if you're not running a straight vertical route, at some point you have to make a cut, you have to make a break. That is the top of the route stem, the point at which you're going to make your break. That is the point at which you need to separate from the corner. Because if you can't separate from the corner at that point, if he's Velcroed to you or if he's really tight to your body, there's no separation and there's no clear place for the quarterback to throw the football. So when you're making your break, that's the top of the route stem. That's where you have to be able to separate from a corner. Now, it's different in press man, obviously, because the corner is with you from the moment you release. You know, he's either physically pressing you or it's what we call mirror match where he's just running with you and mirroring you. But if it's an off corner, Ross, at the, when you're ready to make your cut and your break, that's the top of the route stem. Speaking of route stems and receivers, it's not thought to be as good of a class as we've seen the last couple of years in terms of wide receivers, Greg, we've got, a couple of kids from Tennessee. We've got Jordan Addison from USC, Zay Flowers, Boston College, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who didn't play a whole lot this past year for Ohio State. Was there a guy that jumped out to you um, looking at the – I don't know how many of these college kids you've had a chance to get to so far, Greg. Um, but typically if you watch three or four or five, there's usually one that – tickles your fancy a little bit is there anybody yet yeah I've seen a lot of receivers and I will say this I will say that and I felt this way watching the tape and there's a few I haven't seen but they're not guys who would be considered you know top 15 picks anyway I don't think there's an alpha dog in this class Ross I don't think there's someone who would fit the bill of a Jamar Chase Um, obviously Justin Jefferson has turned out to be the ultimate alpha dog, but he was not seen that way coming out because he was, I believe, the 22nd pick in the draft or 23rd. Uh, But Jamar Chase was a clear alpha dog. There's not one in this class. But I'll give you a couple of names of of receivers whose tape I really like and actually performed very well at the Combine as well. Um, I really like the tape of Zay Flowers from Boston College. 
Um, I really think that he fits the NFL game. He's a multi-locational receiver within the formation. He's got quickness. He's got speed. Um, You can use him in multiple ways. He's a three-level threat. You can work him short, intermediate, and vertical. You can use him on jet sweeps. You can use him in the screen game. You want to get him the ball in motion and space. He's got great burst and acceleration to run after catch. I really like Zay Flowers' tape. I ended up seeing him for three years because I kept thinking he was coming out. So I ended up watching his 2020 tape, his 2021 tape, and his 2022 tape. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things that's interesting about this group is there's a bunch of guys that um, are not real big. Zay Flowers, not real big. It (coughs) feels like people aren't as concerned about that. Jordan Addison is another one that was really – didn't weigh a whole lot. Did you get a chance to watch Addison yet, Greg? I did, but I'm going to give you a guy that is big, Ross. And this guy I really liked on tape. And he's he's a name that is now being discussed. Um, and, and when I was at the Combine talking to different people, his name came up a lot. And I watched him maybe three weeks ago, and I loved his tape. And I think he's one of the most fascinating and intriguing receiving prospects in this draft. And that's Jonathan Mingo from Old Miss, who's six one and 3 eighths and 226. He's got a really strong traits profile, size, stride length, physical strength, competitiveness, can line up all over the formation. He's big. He's physical. He's smooth. He's very good run after catch. You know, I'm not going to sit here. You know how it works, Ross. And and, and I know I know that, uh, you know, what I say goes out on social media um, and, and very often people take it, you know, not the way I mean it. Um, so I'm going to say this. Mingo, in many ways, stylistically, okay, that's the key word, stylistically and in terms of deployment, reminded me of A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that's who he is as we speak right now, but he's, like I said, he's over 6'1", he weighed 226. Um, I think that he's a really, really good prospect. Well, that's pretty much the exact height and weight of A.J. Brown. You know, that, that almost running back build there, Greg, 6'1", 225, that's almost more of a, a running back build. Um, that's interesting because that's not a name that, you know, we've heard as much. Any of these other guys, whether it's Quentin Johnston from TCU, either the Cincinnati kids, yeah. Smith and Jigba, Addison, anybody else jump out to you? Well, I, I want to – make a comment about Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, but I will say this about Smith Najigba. He is not an explosive athlete in terms of vertical ability, but his ability to separate, you know, he is another one of those really good separation generators. I think he can roll out of bed and be your slot receiver tomorrow. And he looked really explosive laterally at the combine. And if you go back to see his 2021 tape, that's what you see. So I think he can be that guy. The question is, is he more than that? And that remains to be seen. Um, the, the guy I'd really like to talk about is Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. I really like Tyler Scott's tape. Um, I actually like his tape more than Jalen Hyatt uh, from Tennessee. Um, you know, I think that Scott has vertical speed and explosiveness. There's no question about that. But I think he's more than that. Um, he's got really good ball tracking skills. I think he can be deployed in the tunnel and the bubble screen game, jet sweeps, um, Obviously, he's not very big either. You mentioned Flowers. Scott's 5'10", 177. Um, I think that 
there's a lot there with him, even as a route runner. He seemed to have a sense of how to use his vertical stem to get corners turned or to get them off their spot. So Tyler Scott, to me, could be an ascending player. Uh, the measurables are strong. The tape is strong. With the expansion of offensive concepts in the NFL, I think Scott's value will be enhanced. Um, so he's a, a receiver that I really liked on tape and another receiver I think fits today's NFL game. Do you think – it's interesting what you said about fits the NFL game. Do you think some of these receivers that have come out recently, like Devontae Smith, have changed the perception of – I mean, I know everybody wants that 6'3", 215-pound guy, but, you know, I think Devontae Smith and some of these guys have shown that you can do it another way. Well, I think the factor, too, is with the expansion of offense, Ross, and the the – multiple formations and the use of motion and shifts there's ways to to minimize a, a receiver who's not big because obviously you know everybody says oh he may struggle with press well you see what teams do I mean look at the Super Bowl look how much motion the Chiefs use a lot of teams use motion you know they get receivers free access off the ball they get them into their vertical stem with speed um, so I think w- with the with the game expanding offensively, formationally, and the use of motion and the, the multi-location element with receivers, it, it's no longer, hey, a guy's an X, a guy's a Z, this is where he's going to line up, you know where he's going to be every snap. That's really not the way the game is played now. So receivers like a Devonta Smith, he doesn't line up in one spot, you know, and a lot of receivers now don't line up in one spot. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. He is outstanding. We will move on to a different position next week as we continue to get closer and closer to the NFL draft. Great stuff as always, Greg. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. Always appreciate it. Speaking of great stuff, you know what else is great? Labatt Blue Light. So good. Literally on the text chain with my buddies who I'm hanging out with this weekend. And one of them, Michael, said, Labatt Blue Light is so good. That's what we're getting picked up at on the way from the airport to the hotel, grabbing some Labatt Blue Lights with friends, living life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ducks takes. All right, Ross, we'll start with the New Orleans Saints signing Derek Carr a four-year, $150 million contract of $60 million of that fully guaranteed for the first two years. Yeah, and you know what, Jack? This is actually going to be, now that I think about it, um, you know what? Let's come back to that at the end, actually. <laughs> Say right. that same thing at the end. <laughs> we'll move forward then to Geno Smith getting a three-year, $105 million contract with $52 million in year one from the Seattle Seahawks. I'm just so happy for him. And I'm just so happy for the life lesson 
that I hope so many people can take from this, right? Which is number one, yeah, first impressions matter, but you need to be ready if and when you ever get another opportunity and when you do, make the most of it. He is proof that you're never done. You can they, they want to typecast you. They want to put you in a box, but he didn't let them. And now he gets $52 million in one year from the Seahawks. It's just awesome. It's just a tremendous, tremendous story. Tuck Stakes. A flurry of cuts around the league with the Rams set to cut linebacker Leonard Floyd. The Minnesota Vikings cut linebacker Eric Hendricks. The Titans are set to cut linebacker Bud Dupree while the New Orleans Saints are set to cut Jameis Winston. Same with the Cardinals with Rodney Hudson and Chosen Anderson, while the Chiefs are set to do the same with Frank Clark. It's what happens this time of year. I mean, we've been talking about the last couple weeks. Ultimately, these teams have to decide how they're going to allocate their dollars, and that's both cash, who they're going to pay, and salary cap. And it's really easy. Every player has an equation and the team decides whether or not that player is worth that money, that cap space. And they've decided these players are not plenty of these guys, Frank Clark, Leonard Floyd. I mean, plenty of these guys can still play. Kendricks can still play at a pretty high level. And the value of signing these guys is that because they're released, they do not count against the compensatory pick formula. So, some teams really like to sign players that got cut like this as opposed to signing free agents that count against your comp pick formula, which they should never have in the first place. Tuck Stakes. The Dallas Cowboys officially placed the franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard. The Jacksonville Jaguars do the same with tight end Evan Engram, but the Chiefs will not place it on left tackle Orlando Brown. Well, that's probably the the most interesting one. Now, we're going to have more franchise tags placed today, including, it sounds like, Lamar Jackson. We'll see what happens with Daniel Jones for sure. And we'll discuss those on Thursday's show. But the most interesting one is the Chiefs. I think they did not want to continue to take it one year at a time. They didn't want to pay Orlando Brown $20 million for one year. If they can get a long-term deal done with him, great. If not, and he goes somewhere else, then they'll move on. And they'll find someone else to play left tackle for them. And I think they wanted to solidify that position as much as they could for the long term as opposed to one more year with Orlando Brown and then he hits free agency for sure next year. Tuck Stakes. Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley is officially reinstated by the NFL. Well, I hope that's a lesson to not only him, but all the other guys out there that you definitely don't want to do what he did at all. Um, But also, I mean, you heard Greg Cosell talking about him earlier in the show. That's a heck of a player. I mean, Calvin Ridley is a really, really good player. Uh, I think that's going to end up being a really positive trade for the Jags. It kind of went under the radar. Tuck Stakes. 
USC offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees tore his ACL at the NFL Combine. He was a projected top 100 pick. Well, top 100 is one thing, and obviously this is horrible for Andrew. But if you're a top five pick or top 10 pick, I almost wonder why you do anything. I mean, you really can't go anywhere but go down or get hurt even worse. You can't even go, you can't go anywhere but go down by struggling or not performing well. And then you can go significantly down by getting hurt. We've seen that with Jalen Smith in a bowl game. Now it's, you know, Sidney Jones did it at his pro day. Now Voorhees does it at the combine. That's something these guys really need to consider. Tuck Stakes. And we'll circle back to the Saints signing Derek Carr. As we'll reaffirm, somebody missed out. Four years, $150 million with $60 million fully guaranteed over the first two years. Well, Jack, this is going to be my Labatt, ta- uh, Labatt Blue Light take of the week, presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. I don't like this move for the Saints. I love this move for the Saints. First of all, Derek Carr was by all accounts a top 12 quarterback in 2021 and helped the Raiders team, which does not have as much talent as this Saints team, get to the playoffs. Now he goes to New Orleans where he's immediately the best quarterback in the division The Saints are immediately the best team and the favorites in the division. And then who knows? You win the division, you get a home playoff game, who knows what happens after that? And they're not even paying him that much money. I mean, they're paying him certainly less than Daniel Jones is about to get and certainly less than what a lot of these guys get. Basically getting $30 million a year for the next three years. This, to me, is a home run for the Saints and Derek Carr, and I'm very surprised that more teams were not interested. I don't think Derek Carr forgot how to play quarterback all of a sudden in one year under Josh McDaniels. Some shout-outs are in order, Jack. Those shout-outs include Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, BackOfficeSchedule.com, and how about the greatest gift you can ever give somebody? It's MyFrontPageStory.com. The code is RTFP10. How about a Just Because gift? There's nothing that hits home more than getting someone in your life a Just Because gift. A colleague, a boss, a friend, a loved one. It is incredible to get somebody a gift when they're not expecting it at all. Or if you've got an anniversary or a birthday or anything like that coming up, plus Mother's Day is two months away, why not just knock it out now? MyFrontPageStory.com. Absolutely epic even money podcast today that I highly encourage you to check out. We're talking about micro betting. Did you know you can bet on every pitch of a baseball game, every play of a football game? Listen to the Even Money podcast today to find out more. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. 
Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.